Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Good morning. It's ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander on a Sunday morning. We didn't turn down any money to be here. We're just glad to be here, Brian. You know, Mark, uh, I believe you are. Your Chicago White Sox could use some left-handed power. Where would you get someone who's 23 years old and has left-handed power? We have no chance at that, Brian. Stop it. We have no chance. Well, that's Yankees are getting them. That's just negative on negative. Yes, right it is. Hey, yes, it is. Well, I'm going to start. It, they're, they're, the sun is not out. It's rainy today. I'm actually not too upset about the loss yesterday. Well, because they competed. I well, mean, and, uh, and we'll they, get into that. But uh-huh. but honestly. Yeah, well, guess what? Lance Lynn is in my package, I'm calling. <laughs> and Lance, well, Lance Lynn is another story, and, and no, we'll no, get to I that, mean, too. If, if I'm Rick Hahn, when I'm talking to Mike Rizzo, and I hope we already talked to him, Lance Lynn can be thrown in that package, too. I don't know that currently Mike would be interested in Lance Lynn, but no. in the bigger picture, no. he would. Right, right. Look, we can throw all kinds of players into oh, that bucket, but we have, no, we have no shot. I mean, I would love it. We have no shot. What In what world, what, what era are we living in when a baseball player, just, just, just generally, turns down $440 million dollars? Because they think that they will get more. Oh, he's going to get more. I know, but... He's going to get more. Is this not going to... I Look, this is going to screw up every... I mean, every every time a player does this, and we know who his agent is, right? Scott Boris. Yes. Every time this happens, Brian, it raises the bar and everybody else gets paid more and that's all I fine and good. And I'm not most. against anybody getting paid. But in the end, people like you and me and people listening... We're paying at the park for this. Well, not, well no, because people no? like people not like you and me are going to Wrigley Field and paying top dollar to watch that crap. So, <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it's going to trickle down. And although they were competitive yesterday, they played hard too. So, tip of the old baseball cap. They're now uh, three and eleven in um, extra inning games. So they're they're they battle. But it's Buck well, I thought you were. I thought you were going to be hopping mad today. No, 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 no? because it doesn't matter. But <laughs> right, okay. Is, is Buck Showalter? You've unplugged. Is Buck Showalter said after the second game, these are games that good teams win, and as I said yesterday, these are games that young slash bad teams lose. Mm. So we're not there yet. So you are. you are of acceptance. You you are. Well, this I is mean, a I, kind of a Zen, Brian Hanley. You well, I mean, you, you have know, accepted. Well, Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is on a heater since he came back from the old He's unbelievable. He's My unbelievable. God, he is unbelievable. I mean, I'll have what he and, and uh, Cueto are having at tender age of 37. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would hope that they wouldn't combine in those two games for 16 strikeouts. And I'll give you, um, I mean, I'll give you Scherzer. Not that uh, Taiwan Walker was not that bad either in the first game. Um, but the point is... The Mets are going to certainly be calling the Nationals about Juan Soto. Uh, Jed, every every GM, everybody's going to call. You have to. Yep. You absolutely yep. have to yep. because you said the White Sox have no shot. Well, two three weeks ago, no one thought anybody had any shot because it was going to be absolutely absurd that the Nationals it, they would allow a superstar twenty three who's still got another year of arbitration uh, control 
to to go. I mean, right. and and look, the four hundred forty million that that's an eye popping number, but the annual average value of that contract is what what stopped Scott Boris and stopped and stopped the talks. It's twenty nine million bucks. Right, There's, right, right. You know, the total number is really, really just unheard of. But yes, it was a ridiculously long contract, fifteen years. It takes them to 38 and all those possible other contracts. And there's at least 15 players, including Max Scherzer at the tender age of 37, who are making much more on an annual average basis than the 29 million, which sounds great. Right. But remember, Scott Boris thought Chris Bryant was worth 30 to 35 million. Right, right. Well, yeah, the yearly number, obviously, that does uh, make a lot of sense. And I thought it was 15 years was just unbelievable. But and, and he will get paid more per year. Will he get offered another 15 year at well, his age? I maybe don't, I, I don't think he wants 50. I, I guarantee you he'll get around 10. He'll get more money when it's all said and done. Now, the question is, whoever makes whichever team makes his trade by August 2nd, well, are they immediately going to, you know, put all the chips on the table and sign them? To they're the going to have to. Well, or else they're or else they're mortgaging everything for a a rent a player. Well, although you get a little more than two years out of them. Well, no, you get a year. You get from from now until the next trade deadline to to figure out where you're going and where he's going. And now, you know, if he gets hurt, God forbid. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying he he is under contract for a little over two years, right? Well, yeah, no, he's a free agent in 2024. So, okay. okay, you wouldn't let you wouldn't let him walk after next season if you if if you couldn't come to terms. You know what the price of poker is right now, right? Sure. So if you look, if you're making the deal, you're signing him. Well, but you you have to in that have- in that right there, Brian. That right there precludes the White Sox. We can give away a bunch of people. How are we going to? How is Jerry Reinsdorf? Going to pony up the kind of money to get a Juan Soto and lock him down for years. Does he want to win? I mean, do you? I don't don't know. I don't know. Can you answer that for me? Okay. You know, unfortunately, any look the Cubs and White Sox have the money. Now the problem with the Cubs, they let it go. The Cubs don't have the prospects and the players. Right. If you combine the the Cubs bank bank account. And I think the White Sox could afford him. Whether they want to afford him is a different. See, that's argument. the thing. I'm not saying that he can't. It, will right. he? Would he right. spend that money? I mean, history says no. Right. right? That's exactly the, my the, point. The last one that they really had serious footsie was with uh, Machado, right? Mm-hmm. And Machado just said, I, "I'll I'll be out west. Thank you very much. I like the weather." Um, but the point is, the Cubs don't have a, a farm system or a major league roster that would interest. The, uh, Mike Rizzo in the Nationals at all? They right. don't have the, right. the 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 assets. They have the money. You know, they're not spending it. They have the money. Now, the fact that you know it's worth four billion dollars, so we have to go over that again. Um, the White Sox want to win something, and Jerry's not not getting any younger. And I think he'd like to win another World Series while he's still here. You know, it's want to. And it's getting created. And you certainly have a farm system and young players on this roster. No, no doubt. No doubt. And, and we can sit and make a, a, a list of who oh, yeah. we'd the be okay be, with letting go. You, and you know what? There'd be some real, there are names on there that you wouldn't want to see go, but I'm sorry. It's one. No, well, you have to, oh, right. You have to, you have to see pay. Andrew Vaughan. You have to pay. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'll see you. Well, you pick, pick a young pitcher. You know, maybe. But don't the thing see. is, though, the thing is, though, Brian, if if you have if you don't have one hundred percent chance to sign him long term, well, no, I mean, you look, can't I, do that. I'm just saying you can make the trade and you don't have to sign him like the same day. 
is what I'm saying. You can have the conversation with Scott Boris before you make the trade. But you, I mean, theoretically, you do. He's under arbitration control. He's making 17 million this year in his second year arbitration. He's not a free agent until the, after next season. Right. So theoretically, now, yeah, I mean, would you tick off Scott Boris to the point where he tell you know, you know, Scott says we're doing this in 48 hours or we're not doing it? I don't know that you know. You, you put your best offer out out there and see what Scott says, and he sniffs his nose at it, and he's been known. He's been known to take his guys to free agency, no matter the number, right? Because more than one, and, and that, and that is uh, that would be a concern for for me as a White Sox fan. Oh, yeah. We actually have somebody here that uh, I agree with, Dan in Barrington. You're on ESPN yeah. One Thousand. What's up, Dan? Yes, speak, Xander. We, we finally have found something that you and I well, agree on. And yeah. normally, I agree with Brian, but Brian, the chairman, almost had a stroke. Given uh, given our catcher who's on the disabled list, eighty two million. Yes, <laughs> you think he's going to add four hundred? That was a grabber Brian. right there. Yes, Brian, you know, and not, try five hundred million. Try five. Hey Brian, I, lo- I love you. Yeah, the I know. I heard the sixth rated farm system in the in baseball. Well, the you have, have thirtieth. Give... They have Colson yeah. Montgomery. So what you would have to start out with, and Zan is the... exactly right. This starts with Luis Vaughn. Robert and Cease and Andrew Vaughn. Those yeah. three. They yeah, for sure. Say, yep. Herschel Walker. So you want to trade all three of them for two years for them to come back? No, no, and by no, the no. way, if, no. If again, he would have to. Yeah. If you're trading, one last if you, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, one last thing. They were as close to getting Machado as my 16 in softball team was. They were. <laughs> they missed by 75 million dollars, Brian. That, well, you know, they I, always I said, had to do this. We were right there. They were not yeah. near anything. Right. So Xander, well, I don't know. I think we should, we need to play the. Uh, we need to play the lotto tomorrow because yeah, maybe, pal. Yeah, maybe. You guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys you too, guys. Yeah, yeah you, you know what? Uh, look, I I heard the Machado stuff. I never really felt it was that close. We don't really know. We're just going on reports. But yes, the price would be awfully high for the South Side to get Juan Soto, and then we would have to. And I wouldn't even want to consider it unless we had a solid, solid. 95% chance of signing him long-term because I don't want to get well, you, rid of that stuff, to, those he, assets for uh, you, you a year. You would have to sign him long-term. I'm just saying, but it, unless unless Scott Boris is saying we're getting this done before he sh- puts a uniform on, you know, I, I mean, he, he, he has to play. I don't trust right? Boris, do you? No, no, but I mean, yeah. it's a trade. He has to come and play. If he doesn't play, then he's sitting out. Well, he's going to sit out for the next year and a half and not... He's got to play, right? So, right. but you know what? You know now that four hundred forty million and twenty nine million a year, twenty nine million a year is a joke. Fifth, I mean, I'll go through the list of guys who are making more money than that right now. I mean, that, that that's a contract from four years ago, right? That's no, no, no. I, I, and I agree. In the fifteen years, uh, you know, in the in the big number was like eye popping, and I I think that grabbed my attention first. But when you break it down, you're right. But it's also the Nationals and have they really shown him that they yeah you know they want to win i mean there are teams like the yankees that could afford him like no problem and well, and, and watch what they do they'll let judge walk and they'll sign soto do you know what and you know that's probably not a, a bad scenario just paint it but here's the thing you know john Heyman uh tweeted out that part of the problem was not only the annual average value of the contract 29 million but there was a lot of deferred money and that um uh, but Ken Rosenthal said there was no deferred money. And so, you know, you don't, Ken Rosenthal was the first to report it. So if, 
and that the Nationals were going to be sold. That John Heyman said, you know, does the uncertainty of who's going to own the team uh, play into whether Scott Boris wants to accept an offer or not? Uh, because, you know, this, if you agree to a contract with the Nationals, which apparently you're not going to do, and then within two years they're sold and the new ownership's here and you don't know what their their aspirations are and, and whether they want to win or yeah, not. Yeah, that's a big question. Mark. It's but the deferred money, you can't you can't tell a kid twenty three years old, oh yo, here's twenty nine million, we're gonna underpay you on average. And by the way, you're gonna get most of it you know, on the you know, Bobby Bonilla deal where you know you get it when you're sixty five you're getting checks. Um but but Ken Rosenthal said no deferred money, and I can't believe there would be deferred money. So Anyway, it's 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 certainly a conversation that that Rick Hahn and Jed Hoyer hopefully have already had with Mike Rizzo. I mean, you can't you can't be sitting there thinking, I'll, I'll see him at the All-Star game. Right. You better have picked up the phone as soon as this broke <laughs> yeah. yesterday or, or even even before it broke. And uh, maybe everybody else knew. And uh, there were phone conversations already. It'll be interesting, though. Jesse Rogers was on uh, White Sox Weekly yesterday, right when the story broke. And he said he did not feel that he said he could be surprised, obviously, but he did not feel that Juan Soto would get dealt prior to the trade deadline. This might be more of a baseball winter meeting thing. Well, here's the problem that if you're the Nationals, he could get hurt. I mean, I could almost argue that if you're going to trade him and you know now that you're, you're uh, eons apart from where what what he and Scott. And you, want, right. You have he, no you know, chance. You have no chance. I, I get it. Get rid of him now would, and maximize think, the return as soon as possible. No, I would. I would. I might argue that he's not playing until I make a deal. I mean, oh, uh, you're you going to sit him. Of, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't want him going all, you know, Aloy Jimenez on you or something <laughs> like that. Or even worse. There's only one Aloy, I think. I, I know, but I'm saying, it, you know, what if he blew out an ACL or, or whatever? I mean, it's it's. No, possible. you're right. That's not that's not a that's not a bad thought. I'm wondering. Sliding in the we, We've got to look at uh, see if we've got the Nationals lineup today. See if he's in. I don't know yeah, if that I, uh, I, we we do have the White Sox lineup. We'll go over that. But uh, interesting. Yeah, it was a big story that broke yesterday, right and, after we got off the air, or right toward the end of our show, Brian. And uh, it, ever since then, it's I've been dreaming. I don't think we have a shot, but I, I've been dreaming. Hey, t- two weeks ago, it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was even something we're dreaming right. about because, in like the nationals, the nationals would have to have their heads examined because you've got. I mean, you talk about a core piece. That's what it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the foundation piece and build around it. That's what it looks like. And we'll go over all the things he's accomplished in five years already. And he had a slow start to the season. Twenty-three but years old. Twenty-three and, years old. He went at twenty and, and, years old. World Series? Yep. 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 Uh, I mean, we can go over all. He's been top five, top ten in pretty much every category for at least three of the five seasons. And sometimes, name a category, might be all five. So, I mean, that's what it looks like. And that's what it costs. And so now every GM in baseball, and we'll go through the teams because it's amazing. You know, some people had this list ready to go. They broke down the entire 29 possible suitors, all 29 teams, not named Washington Nationals. And uh, we'll go through about, you know, how they rank probability or possibility and where the Cubs and Sox uh, fit on that list. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. Josh Schrock is coming up at 1035, Bears insider for NBC Sports Chicago. So we'll get Josh on, talk a little football. Obviously, we're talking baseball. That's a big story, the Juan Soto thing. We've got high-low we're going to do today. We've got a lot to do till 12.30, and then we get pregame with Tyler Aki starting at 12.30. The Sox and Twins, we'll talk about Lance Lynn. 
you know what? This is uh, this is his preseason, unfortunately. Um, well, it, 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 it's, it's pretty rough, and, and, and I'll share something. When we get back from the break, I'll share a comparison. It's a bit shocking, and, and uh, we oh, know boy. what happened with the other person. We'll do that oh, when we boy. get back. Yeah, oh, you, you, might, yeah you might know what I'm I talking know. about here. Right, that, uh, that is on the way. All of that right here on ESPN 1000 with Hanley and Xander. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Broadcasting live from the old National Bank studio on State Street, it is ESPN 1000. Brian Handley, Mark Zander talking baseball. We'll talk to Josh Schrock about the Bears. He's a Bears insider for NBC Sports Chicago. We'll do that at 1035. Here's what I wanted to share with you, Brian. Before the break, I teased this. Lance Lynn did not look great yesterday. We know that, right? Um, his ERA is over ten. Three. Yes, he hasn't. He hasn't, and, and we're and, and we're hoping. There's that. There's that whole thing. Hoping we're turning the corner with Lance. There's a lot of potential corner turning, and uh, and it hasn't happened with Lance. Of course, he started out the season on the IL, and um, he has uh, been trying to work his way back to form. His numbers right now. And I cannot find the tweet for the life of me. I saw this yesterday. I should have uh, screenshotted it. His numbers right now are comparative to Dallas Keiko when we DFA'd him. Mm-hmm. So one in three with a seven five zero ERA. Um, the MLB.com had him on the list of seven players last week mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, with Mancata that. Players would have to have much better second half. Right, season. and we asked Len about that yesterday. Right, and and, and they, they explained it away. It was just simply they weren't concerned about Lance Lynn. They were concerned about Mikata on this list, but they said it was a matter of him getting his sea legs. That doesn't look like sea legs anymore. Um, you know, I'll give you one or two. When you get to three, it's a trend, my friend. I mean, I'm, a good yep, one. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm with you uh, when we started the show. I, I told you that I wasn't so concerned about the Sox overall yesterday and the loss because I felt they were competitive to the end. Lance is definitely a concern. But did you notice Mankata had three hits? Yep. Okay, I'm just saying. Here's your stat, yeah. Xander. Dallas Keiko in eight starts before being DFA'd at a 7.88 ERA. And then you just said the ERA for so Lance Lynn in three and a, uh, 3.1 innings pitched. Um, and look, Lance, like Dallas Keiko. Dallas talked about when well, we, you know, we would hear him say after games he was trying to, you know, paint the uh, Nat Nat's ass, you know, you know, <laughs> right, be, right, yeah, trying to be too perfect and get the corner of the plate, and you know, it wasn't working for him. Lance Lynn after the game yesterday, it's um, you know, he's self aware, he knows he's got to be better, and guess what? Len Casper told us yesterday he knows he has to be better, and I think he will be. Well, the home runs hurt him. Uh, yesterday, but Lance, you know, Lance knows that he's got to be better. Let's we, take a listen. It's frustrating. You look at the uh, third in there when you give up five, um, but you look at your day to day. You know, you give up six runs on on three balls, uh, so you can't. You know, you got to keep them in the ballpark. You got to make better pitches. Aside from those pitches, were you okay with the way uh, I mean, you look at, you know, there's some some hits that are. Are frustrating, you know, infield hits or cap jobs and stuff like that, and that's part of the <laughs> part of the gig, especially when you're going bad. It seems like everything's a hit, uh, and then you know, and then I compounded that with with the home run ball. So that's what you can't do. You can't worry about uh, giving up, you know, you know, caps and 
jam jobs and stuff like that. You got to keep pitching. And uh, today, I, uh, I put us in a hole early, and we weren't able to come back. Sorry, and then you mentioned the last two innings. Is that something you kind of take into the break? Yeah, I think a lot of it is taking on in the break is the break. Uh, you know, it's been pushing pretty hard uh, ever since surgery to try to get back, uh, try to be on the field, and try to be productive. Um, got back, and you know, we were pushing hard there. Uh, and now it's, you know, maybe take a deep breath and then get ready for the second half and, and try to do as best you can and, and you know, be the be the pitcher you have been before. Um, you know, just trying to play catch up when you're recovering and stuff like that is a, is a you know, it's not fun, but. You know, I've got the stuff to be able to do it. I just got to go out and make pitches and, and you know, get outs, really. Well, he, he knows all the right things to say, and you know sure. that he's pretty tough on himself. He does have the experience and the years put in to be able to work his way through this. But you're right, three games is a trend. Yeah, and look, I mean, the break comes at a great time for him. It and, does. And um, he's not getting DFA'd, but he's got he's to gotta turn this around because right. well, you said on a day where Mankata gives you three hits, and they did compete and they did battle, but guess what? You're now four games back again. Yep. And, you know, you can't, it can't just be, well, rah, rah, we competed, we played hard, and, and we didn't give up. That's great, but that doesn't get you where you want to The only reason why I brought that up is every other loss this year looked like we either gave up or we or didn't care or, didn't care, yeah. or, or we lost the game because we made mistakes. Right. It was actually a, a loss. It just looked different. It felt different. I can't explain it. I think that's the no, best I, I could you. do on that. And and totally right, that's still thing. that's. But that's a step up. Unfortunately, that's how low we were swinging this year. And we've got Dylan on the mound today, and we still have a very solid chance of taking three or four from the Twins. And and yesterday in the in the poll, a sweep would have been nice, but three or four ain't bad. It ain't bad, but at some point, it's going to be mandatory that you get those sweeps because. Yes, you know, you've, yes. You've been four, four, three, four, five games under for two months now. And if you don't get today, and I think you you, you have a good shot with Dylan Cease, obviously. Right. You know, you, now you're four be two four games on, up. Now you're four and four on the road trip if you don't get today. Right. And that's pretty much. The and that's the, the 500 that we talked about last yeah. week that right. we were hoping we would avoid. Well, you, you have you have to make hay here. I mean, mm-hmm. and I get it's still July, but, you know, the, the, it, look. When you get down six runs because of of your starter, that that mentally just that hole is awful tough to dig, dig it, out of. It. it it definitely it definitely is an issue. And if Lance had a better day, obviously that, that would have looked a, a lot different. Yeah. Yep. We have um, we have the uh, Sox lineup. I'm going to give it to you real quick here. Still no Luis Robert. Still no Jimenez, which is probably really not a surprise. Jimenez, you know, hurt leg issues continuing. You know, I. it just seems like he's going to be that guy. Luis Robert, we still don't have any clarification as well, to what exactly that is. No, but all Tony said was tomorrow they're going to take a good look at him in Chicago. Um, I don't know what that means. I mean, that, and that, I, and that worries me right there, Brian, right. because when you say you have to wait, they're, they're not in Paducah, Kentucky, or right. I, I'm picking on Paducah, but whatever town that doesn't have, I mean, there are doctors in Minnesota. Why do we have to wait till Chicago? Is well, a specialist I mean, needed? Well, or they they want their guys to take a look. But he said they'll take a good look, like they. I mean that that 
that is a little worrisome. It's not. That's like, well, my we, point. That's my yeah. point. It's like, uh, uh, you know, the initial examination wasn't enough. Do we need to see a specialist? What is going on here? All right. So uh, today's lineup: Tim Anderson and leading him, off. You know, we need him healthy to throw in the Juan Soto deal. So <laughs> well, well, I don't think the Soto deal is happening today. Okay. Tim well. Anderson, shortstop, batting first. Juan Mancata went three for four yesterday. Third base, batting second. Andrew Vaughn at first, batting third. Jose DHing cleanup. Kevin Sheets, he went over yesterday. We got to get him back uh, in in hot. He's in right field. Josh Harrison at second base. Leori's in left field, batting seventh. Sebi Zavala behind the uh, plate again, batting eighth. And Adam Angle in center field for the ailing Luis Robert. You think Tony would uh, veto uh, throwing Larry in? Oh, you know that's not going to happen. Bite your tongue, Brian Hanley. (laughs) Bite your damn tongue. Tony says we can't part with We can. No, no. He is our starter that's able to play every. Why isn't he pitched? He said he's special. He can play everything, can he? He can do everything. He can play everything. I would put him in the Sox package of, of shipping 12 players to, to Washington for once. So, so I will me. I will trade you, Leori, for Ian Happ. Straight no up. No thanks. We're good. He can play every position uh, at the same time. He's yeah. special. Yeah, and he can't. No, thanks. Good. Yeah, it's... Uh, Leori is... Uh, he's still... He's... He's still in my uh, sights, but he has... Uh, He's in your penalty box. He, he, look, he is, uh, and, and it's not his fault. He had a lot of responsibility put on him, much more than he ever deserved. But he is uh, now more of a, uh, you know, a replacement player, although we keep having these injuries and such, so we can't really keep him on the bench long enough. But I'm just glad that Josh is getting regular play because he's been uh, a defensive stud at second base, and he certainly is bad as come around so you know is he uh is he the big big second baseman that everybody wants us to have on the south side no not at all but he's better than cesar hernandez which by the way will probably be traded at the trade deadline that guy can't find a home yeah um yeah big well, surprise yeah it just it's you, you have a few holes to fill here and you have a few guys including now lance lynn on the list of of guys who have to Find a, Can find you find a, a starting pitcher at the deadline that's uh, worthy of picking up? I, I mean, Equato was uh, that was a gamble that paid off. I, I don't. I mean, every team needs more pitching. But that's right. Sox, that's right. White Sox a lot of competition more. for pitching, bullpen but, but and Sox, starter. But White Sox have more needs than that. It's all about offense and, and mm-hmm. power right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know that they will be looking for a bullpen sure. arm, yeah, a lefty especially. Uh, maybe even a starter because of Lance. If he, you know, coming back from the All-Star, that next start for Lance after the All-Star break is huge. And if he does not respond, they're going to have to target a solution. And we'll see. 312-332-3776. Let's hit break. We've got Josh Schrock coming up, Bears Insider for NBC Sports Chicago. We'll get to him when we come back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hadley and Xander on ESPN 1000. In the window on State Street, a gray day. Mid-July, got to start thinking about the Bears. Josh Schrock, Bears Insider for NBC Sports Chicago, joins us here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Josh, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Good, 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 good. 
Hey, Josh, I got to tell you, I really enjoy reading uh, all your stuff. I, I like the edge you write with. I like your sense of humor. And um, yesterday it was, uh, boy, nothing but sunshine. What a nice, optimistic, best-case scenario piece that there's <laughs> a path to the playoffs. For I believe Vegas is still six and a half wins over under with the underweighted uh, on the uh, on the uh, on the bet. But you know, I think that the 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 number used to be twenty five percent from the uh, outhouse to the penthouse. Twenty five percent of yep. the teams who went from last to first. I don't know if that still holds up, but can, can you? Tell Bears Nation what uh, how a best case scenario could end up in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I've getting a lot of uh, emails and comments about it since I started about how the Bears could maybe you know make a Bengals type turnaround. So I thought I don't think it's I don't think it's probable probable, but I thought I might as well uh, write about it. And I mean, with the soft <laughs> schedule, it's um, you know, look, there's 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 six winnable games. You got I mean, the Giants, Texans, and Falcons are all on the bottom floor of a rebuild. You got to win those games. Take care of the Lions twice knock off the Jets, that's six, you get to nine. I mean, kind of kind of maybe back into a win against San Francisco in week one. You know, maybe the Dolphins are bad when they come. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater's a starter. Maybe the Patriots take a step back. Um, you know, there's some winnable games, and then maybe split with the Vikings, and you get to nine. So it's not, it's not unthinkable just because the schedule's so soft, but um, I, think it's still, I think it's still pretty unrealistic. Well, that's getting our hopes up, but I like it. I like what you're thinking. <laughs> I mean, you know... When you have a uh, Lewis Riddick calling for just the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen, did he say we'll, we'll get no wins? I mean, how bad was he, he saying said we're, we're, we're going to be the worst team in worst team in the league? Right, right. That yeah, seems, I mean, that seems you know, to I mean, be the consensus. That, that, right? that, that'd be yeah, that'd be uh, that that'd be that'd be that'd be a tough watch. But honestly, in my opinion, if they are the worst team in football and get the number one overall pick. That's a that's a pretty good way to jumpstart a rebuild, especially if Justin Fields shows he's good. Then you can, mm-hmm. you know, either and then you trade that pick, get a couple more picks, move back, get a blue chip wide receiver, and then you're then you're off to the races. So it'd be a tough watch for four months, but that's not that's not the worst case scenario. I think like I think six and six and eleven, like mediocrity is is not where yeah. you want to be. Well, and, and speaking of wide receivers, uh, I, mm-hmm. I've seen some people speculating that this group could be better than a lot of us believe. <laughs> I, I, where do you stand on that? I mean, who's Justin Fields throwing to? Are they, are they just guys? Are they not even NFL average, or are they someone someone going to surprise us? Yeah, I mean, other than other than Darnell Mooney, it's it's a lot of question marks. I think I think Cole Komet's going to be really important, um, just because he's probably their other most reliable option, and this offense uh, is really really good for tight ends. I mean, we've seen George Kittle uh, play really well. Robert Tonyan's had huge success in Green Bay in the system, so I think Cole Komet's going to be big. Um, and the Bears are just really banking on more opportunities, meaning more production from guys like Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown. I don't know I mean, I don't know how much you can realistically expect out of those guys. I kind of like the Nikhil Harry trade just because he's a guy who does have talent, and he's a really good blocker, and they need a big body. So if he can be you know, 65% of what you wanted to get from Allen Robinson, um, you know, that, that can help. Um, and they're going to need a lot from Bayless Jones. Um, a lot of manufactured touches, um, but it's it's not it's not a pretty looking group at the moment. That's for sure. Josh, question that I have going into this season because of you know you're talking about we could back into nine victories. Lewis Riddick is you know it's all over the place. We don't really yeah. know what to expect. Mm-hmm. If we do not have, if we have a mediocre season, as you said, worst case scenario as far as the record goes, what yep. would indicate that Justin has 
what we need as we build the team around him this year in a mediocre season? What do we need to see from him to say, okay, this year ain't good, but we can see, we can see that this is our guy. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing, the encouraging thing is is the is the wide zone, the wide zone offense. It's very quarterback friendly, and if you look at some stats from last year, Justin actually played really well um, in his last five starts. Uh, he was, mm-hmm. you know, the ninth highest rated passer by PFF. Uh, he led the NFL um, as a passer outside the pocket. Led the NFL in passer rating on designed rollouts, and that's what Luke Getzey's going to do. They're going to do a lot of play action, a lot of bootleg. Um, it's going to be a lot of easy throws. And I think from Justin, what you want to see is quicker decision-making. Um, a lot of times last year, you know, he held onto the ball too long, just waiting for that kill shot because he's such a good deep ball thrower. Okay. And you're just going to see quicker decisions, uh, sharper decisions. And I think from the Bears' standpoint, a lot of the evaluation is going to come Monday through Friday, right? It's going to come in the film room in practice because they're aware the offensive line is shaky, the receiver group's not that great. So on Sundays, it might be tough to see that evaluation, but if you're seeing quicker decisions, a little more accurate passing, um, I think I think Justin can take a big step forward. Uh, okay, and, and I guess that's what I meant from a, pan, a fan's point of view. We could say, okay, yeah. you know, we could write this year off, but this looks good. Yeah, no, correct. Yeah, I think for the Bears, the I mean, if you just ignore whatever the record is, if, if Justin takes a big step forward and the team – um, improves week to week under Matt Eberflus, and they you know they don't mail it in. They buy into what he's saying, and the culture is strong. Um, I think if the quarterback coach thing is is rock solid come week seventeen, and they're four and thirteen, uh, I think it's a win. And that you you know the, the stats you just rattled off that was a terrific piece you wrote uh, because it did give a lot of encouragement when you saw the grades, and the only limit limitation was Matt Nagy and and the play calling mm-hmm. because they well I think there were only nineteen rollouts or thrown nineteen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it, and Luke Getzey hasn't done it before, but I would think he's got some brain cells working. And even from osmosis, he knows what it looks like from being up in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd think that um, Luke Getzey uh, probably watched some some film of what Justin did really well at Ohio State and and knows how to run that offense and is thinking, okay, well, this is what this guy's really good at. Why don't we just do this? Which is what Matt Nagy decided not to do. Um, yeah, like you said, 19, 19 design rollouts for the NFL's best passer on design rollouts is a, is a pretty damning stat. <laughs> so, so you don't buy into the uh, – you just mentioned Ohio State, and we've heard mm-hmm. this, right? No good quarterbacks come out of Ohio State. We're not buying into that, are we? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. – uh, You've heard that, though. School. We've certainly heard Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> it for Ohio State. I've, I've heard it for, you know, Alabama. Um, I don't think school – I don't think school dictates talent. I think that's just kind of a – an unlucky series of events and i mean from ohio state standpoint they probably have had um a lot of not nfl caliber quarterbacks in those in the in the offense you know 10 years ago you mm-hmm. think about troy smith guys like that but justin fields is he is not that so we had a, a, a the bears were a very undisciplined team on the field last you know, last couple of years you know call a timeout there's a motion penalty you know if someone jumps <laughs> I mean, and, and then guys slapping so guys painful. in the helmet and, you know, stupid stuff. But for for yeah. a bad team, you don't have any kind of margin of error. And there you are out there just giving away yards and plays. And and here's the other idea I've learned over the years. Scoring in the first half is, is something you put on the whiteboard and kind of let people know that's a good thing. But yeah. um, the, the three arrests so far, and, and mm-hmm. you know, nothing earth-shattering, but – no. Matt Eberflus tells everyone before they leave, you know, make sure you have fun, stay healthy, and and behave basically. Yeah. And yeah. one of the guys is his guy, and one of the guys is is uh, Paul's guy from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is this something, you know, you talk about culture, you mentioned it, and the Bears always flaunt their culture, but it was supposed to be different, and so far that's not a real good trend, no matter if they were serious offenses or not. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I completely agree, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what Maddie Rufus and Ryan Poles have to say um, when we talk to them in a week um, on report day, just because, you know, they, they weren't seriously offenses, but they also weren't, I mean, they're not, they also weren't committed by players that are like, I mean, you could, you could send a message, right? You could have sure. caught one of them and said, you know what, we're not, we're not going to do this. We mm-hmm. told you, like, you don't need yep. to be carrying, you know, a high capacity magazine with hollow points, or you don't need three handguns in a Taco Bell parking lot. Like these are things you just don't need to be doing. Right. You and don't, when, you don't accidentally do stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. And these are not, like I said, these are not, you know, your top, you know, one of your five best or 10 best players. So you're like, well, we don't have them. We're in big trouble. Like you could just send a message and say, Hey, we're just not going to tolerate this. We are actually building a culture. So I'm interested to see um, the explanation um, in a week on how they handle it. And, and how about that whole soup thing? The way it went down on yeah. uh, Friday, is that something that uh, we just need to let go, or is that is, is there more to that? The, Do you have you, any idea of what that was you, about? Can you explain the job title? Is Mark yeah, and I, yeah, it, that it, too. It, yeah, what what does that actually entail? Player engagement director. Yeah, it's you know it's basically um, his job is to be the you know the liaison, the connection between the locker room and the front office, like to really know the guys. Um, understand how they how they how they tick, how they operate, and then help the front office put and coaching staff put in systems and and everything that 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 will gel well with the team. Um, I don't have any information on the Sue Campbell firing on why it went down, but I mean I think it it might be just as simple as saying, um, you know, Ryan Poles and Matty just got hired, and they gave probably everyone who was left over a time period, uh, you know, like a trial run and. Maybe they just didn't gel together, and that's very possible. Okay, and it had nothing to do with what happened with the three arrests. No, there's no connection. I don't think so. Okay, no. All right, all right. right. Yeah. Well, offensive line. Before we let you go, was that is that you have any idea what that looks like? (laughs) I don't. I think it's. I mean, that's the most interesting thing. I'm the first day of camp. I'm going to be really interested to see what what first team combination they trot out. If they were actually just messing around for the back half of OTAs with Braxton Jones and Tevin Jones returns to the right tackle and they move Larry Bourne back or if Tevin Jenkins is just in the doghouse and then they're going to rely on a, on a fifth-round pick at left tackle, um, which, you know, is probably not great for a, a young quarterback's development. So that's going to be – the offensive line is, 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 is a wild situation at the moment. It is. It is. Hopefully this time next year it uh, will have a little more clarity and uh, – yeah. We'll move forward, and we look forward to seeing Justin develop. Whatever the record is, we're just happy that we're away from the Nagy and um, uh, Ryan Pace. Uh, Pace. I almost said Pauls. No, no, no. That's yeah, the wrong Ryan P. Yeah. Ryan Don't Pace. We're, yeah. we're just glad that that's in the rear view. Yeah, it's always good, it's always good to turn over a new leaf, fresh start. For yes, that, this is a big leaf. All right, sure. Robert Quinn's online too. I don't think he's showing up this year, but we'll okay. we'll talk to him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, keep up the great work, Josh. Yeah, thank really, you, Josh. Yeah, really Josh. Enjoy your stuff. Yeah, Josh uh, Bears Insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Thanks for joining us here on ESPN One Thousand. It's uh, Hanley and Xander. We're back after this. We'll talk some more baseball. Taking your calls here on a Sunday morning. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What would it take for us to land, Mister Soto? on either the north side or the south side probably not the north side what would it take let's talk about that when we come back here on espn 1000 espn 1000 chicago's home for sports chicago's home for sports on twitter 
at ESPN 1000. Is it frustrating you that this stuff comes out, that it's public, and that it's, it's not, not just between you and the team? It, it is. It is. Uh, it feels really bad uh, to see stuff going out like that because uh, I'm a guy who keep everything in my side, keep everything quiet, and try to keep it just there and me, but they just take the decision and do whatever they need to do. And they won't do any damage to my weekend. I'm going to try to enjoy as much as I can. You know, it feels, <clears throat> it feels a little uncomfortable at the beginning, but I would be fine. This is the team I've been since, what, 2015. Uh, I've been with this team, and I feel good with it. And when I get to know the city more, it feels great. Why should I need to change? How hard has it been to see how it's now going through this stage and know that it could be a little while longer before the team's ready to win again? It's pretty tough, you know. Uh, I've even been talking with some of my teammates and been trying to get something from them because it's, it's going to be weird. Uh, I get the taste of win, so I want to win every year. I don't want to keep losing. I hate losing, but it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, we just got to go through it because as, as they told me, that, that we all got to go through those moments to win the championship. So for me, I think I'm going through mine and I'm just going to keep positive and keep seeing things forward. That is Juan Soto of the uh, Nationals, the Walgreens Nationals. I keep seeing that on Twitter. And and earlier this year, it's like that W reminds me of the Walgreens. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I thought that out loud, Brian, I'm seeing everybody, you know, saying that they're playing Walgreens. <laughs> right? And, and Who had the W first? Couldn't they, couldn't they vary it a little? Did they not pay attention? That needs to be their sponsor patch next year, right? Yeah, Walgreens. Yeah, yeah. The Walgreens. Uh, Walgreens got that kind of money anymore. Um, well, I'm staring know. at one. There are plenty of them. You, you can't no, really I walk like down the one. block without running into one. No, they you know, they're always there uh, for you. Um, and speaking of Twitter, Mark, I loved some people having fun with you know. If here's a Cubs package, Cubs get Juan Soto, Nats get Daniel Norris, Rowan Wick. Uh, <laughs> I saw that Madrigal Simmons. Uh, Hermosillo, Jason Hayward, 69 Cup Snakes, Sammy Sosa's old boombox, which I do believe Kerry Wood smashed into 100 pieces. Ronnie Wu Wu's together. David Kaplan, Taylor McGregor, Jed Oh, Boyer, Cap's in the deal. Yes, he is. Crane Kennedy and, uh, Crane Kenny and the entire Ricketts family. And there are versions of this too, right? There, Sox fans had their, their fun with it too, about what you would throw in there and what you wouldn't, you know. What what you're willing to part with, right? Yeah. What? Okay. Well, we'll open up the phone lines three one two three three two three seven seven six. What would you give up as a Sox fan or a Cubs fan? Not you personally, but uh, what if you were Rick Hahn or Jed Hoyer? What would you give up? Or I don't know. Maybe maybe you are willing to put a personal stake on this and give away something well, and, personally and look, to it, get Juan Soto to uh, Is it come. truly going to be a Herschel Walker-type deal, as one unnamed baseball executive told some baseball writers that, and, and now you're talking about, you want to revisit that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven draft picks, eight draft picks, five players. I mean, you know, what What would move the mountain for Mike Rizzo, but and now if the base entire baseball world knows that he's going to be traded, yeah. Um, so it, can he command 
can Rizzo command that kind of, uh, you know, they lose some leverage with this see, game? Well, see, that's the thing. It, it is up to, uh, you know, whoever wants them, and they're going to set the new bar. Like what happened with uh, Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. In, in San Diego, which is not a major market. And here, I, I want to I pose a couple of questions here. And, uh, of course, we really don't know what's behind this, although the $29 million yearly salary when you do the math 15 years 440 million that's low however you are locked up for that long which could be a good thing could be a bad thing we've already heard that Juan Soto is frustrated that the team isn't close to winning right. they certainly aren't the Yankees they certainly aren't the Dodgers and he had a taste of it young I mean younger and so he knows what it feels like to win right so do you even if they did pony up the money would you want to be locked up with a team like the Nationals for that long well, Let's take just, the yearly salary out of it. He just said that he's only known the Nationals. He loves them now. He seemed sincere when he said that, right? That he loves the organization. And he loves his teammates. We think. Yeah, I mean, but Scott Boris is driving this bus. Right, the, right. The he's not, he, yeah, he has no emotional connection to anything but money. No, he has emotional connection to the highest bidder. Yes. So CBSSports.com had this list ready to go, and they, they handicap and lump in uh, the 29 teams not named the Nationals and, and to how realistic they might be as players for Juan Soto. So the first tier is no pay, no play, and it's the likes of the Athletics, the Marlins, who don't seem to have any direction and, and have no issues you know, with spending that kind of money. They, don't, they have issues with spending that kind of money. But Tampa and Cleveland, we talked about uh, yesterday that Cleveland's doing this with one of the bottom um, – Team payroll, sixty-nine mm-hmm. million, yeah. right? Yep, they have money, and and so they're they said it, while uh, you can argue that the contending Rays, Guardians, and Brewers would like uh, should look into acquiring Soto for the stretch run, since flags fly forever, they'd have ample time to trade him and recoup prospects at a later date. We like that idea, but that kind of maneuvering almost never happens anymore, and we're skeptical that it'll start again with a deal of this magnitude. So. They give you that scenario that you don't have to necessarily sign them. You just trade for them, try to win something this year, and then deal them away when you and know, hope whatever. you can recoup as much. And you had a World Series if, right. if you believe right. that you know you're that close. So that that's that group. The Pirates are in there too. Tier two rebuilders are us: Royals, Reds, Diamondbacks. Now Orioles, you know, you make an argument for them. Rockies and Tigers. And they say, while acknowledging that some of these six teams appear closer, meaning Baltimore, to rejoining the competitive ranks than the others, we don't think any of them are going to pose a serious threat to meet the Nationals' asking price. It would be cooler if they did, though. Now, here comes Tier 3. Something is missing. And something is missing includes my Chicago Cubs and your Chicago White Sox. That's right. Along with the Rangers, the Angels, the Twins, and the Padres. And, you know, as they said, uh, it would be... As, as fun or frustrating, frustrating as it would be to see Soto in the lineup with the likes of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and Manny Could you Child. imagine? Could you imagine? No. But, Mike I Trout mean, has to be begging them, absolutely. find a way to get him here. Yeah. And, and you know, then you talk about Machado and Tatis Jr. That same thing. Same well, thing. Wow. He said, we're putting a line through this group because we think they fall short in either the financial or the prospect component. Of all the tiers so far, this is the first we feel like a team from here could make an actual play or getting warmer, in other words. So they're not ruling out one of these teams stepping up and surprising the But you are world. ruling out the Cubs pretty much, right? 
Because you I don't think don't, they, they have the I don't prospect. think they have the talent. Oh, no. I mean, even on the major league roster. Not, I mean, not he, comparatively to other teams and what they could offer. No, I mean, Pete Crow, Armstrong, and, and Morrell, and all these guys, I mean, it's terrific. But I don't think... Everybody would have to go. Everybody would have right. to go. So then you get down to, to the next tier, Braves, Phillies, and Mets. And they mentioned the Mets, you know, the, uh, the owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen's thick wallet. Um, but you're not trading within the division. So... Good luck on that, right? I mean, that it, that's going to preclude. Mike Rizzo is not sending a 23-year-old superstar that he's going to have to live with in his ballpark uh, how many times each year, right? Mm-hmm. Showing up. Right, right. So then you get to the Astros, Blue Jays, and Red Sox all have money and all have uh, World Series aspirations. And then you get to the Mariners and the Giants, and here you go. Your Yankees, you said they're the ones who are going to end They're not up my with Yankees, it. but they're the ones that I think are going to score. Right. And then you have the Dodgers mm-hmm. and Here's the thing that put a, a just a, a spike into my little uh, oh yeah yeah division yeah. heart, the St. Louis Cardinals. They say the most likely team said well actually it says almost certain uh, this prediction is going to age poorly, but we think the Cardinals have the clearest path of any team to acquiring Soto. We've talked about it how many times about St. Louis, the want to, the mm-hmm. farm system, yep, and they've uh, Goldschmidt's contract comes off uh, at in 2024 when you'd have to start paying him the big money. Um, and they make a case that you, they have prospects galore that they could throw in this deal and that, um, you know, they would have the want to, the financial wherewithal with some of the bigger contracts coming off. And they have a, a plethora of prospects. If that happens, then, you know, Jed can spend uh, intelligently all he wants. But um, as a Cubs fan, we're in trouble. Big trouble. So where does he end up, and does he actually get traded by the trade deadline? Again, I, I brought up Jesse. Jesse thought that, man, chances are this uh, it's a, uh, a winter meeting type of deal that uh, th- might start get rolling you know, during the season, but this might not happen during the season, but we'll see because you made a good point too. And by the way, he is in the lineup today. Mm-hmm. So the idea of uh, if you were managing the Nationals, <laughs> yeah, they're not resting him. He's playing. He's playing. And we'll get back to more of this. If you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. We're talking about Juan Soto. Would he land in Chicago? What are the chances? And eh, we, we already two, went down the list. We have, we have two Twitter poll questions. Oh, yeah. And will, we'll get will, to those. Yeah. Will the Cubs make a serious bid for Juan Soto? Yes, no, or over Jason Hayward's dead body? And will the Sox make a serious bid for Juan Soto? Yes, no, or over Leary Garcia's dead body? Oh, very well, very well. Okay, you snuck those in. I wasn't aware. Good. So we'll hit that. If you want to uh, weigh in, 312-332-3776. Back in two here on ESPN 1000.